LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about a topic that I believe, I believe, you know, we start these podcasts the same every time. I say exactly those words. We're going to talk about a topic. You do. That's a horrible way to start a podcast, by the way. Why? If we were doing a podcast on how to do podcasts, my very first step would say, don't start by saying, here's our topic today. <laughs> That's a terrible way to do it. <laughs> but that might get people locked it in. Might, they want to hear it, though. get people thinking, what are they going to talk about? That's true. I'm ready. So see, what I'm doing right now is I'm stringing them along so that they have to wait. What are we talking about? <laughs> Sometimes you just need to be quiet and tell everyone yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, well, tell us what we're talking about This topic today. is pretty exciting. The allure of the mega church mm. and being faithful where you're planted. Oh, wow. And that is something that I feel like if you talk to any minister, any pastor, there is that draw, if you will, that they have to think maybe, okay, I'm here, but I'm here for a period of time until God takes me there, whatever yeah. there is defined as. Yeah. And the challenge with that is we see people looking at the church and treating the church like a business. Hmm. Like, how am I going to take the next step to be a successful pastor? Yeah. And in our, and you know, when you think about that, you think, is success going from a church of 500 to 1,000? Is success going from a church of 200 to 300? Or is success being faithful where you're planted? So yeah. I think people know the answer, but I think we need to talk through it because this is an issue a lot of pastors and church leaders, not just pastors, church staff members. You know, I'm a student pastor here, or maybe you're at a church where you're a student pastor and a worship leader. Do you know that's a pretty popular position? Yeah, oh, yeah. The combo student the pastor <laughs> worship leader. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was once at a, a conference before, and this guy came around. He had this little tag on, looking for student pastor worship leaders. This was out in California. Re- and I oh, said, you're talking about one position? Two, yeah. One guy doing two yes, positions? Yes, Okay, and, this and is new to me. this is a very popular position okay. needed. So okay. <laughs> at, at, I'm guessing at some level of church, okay. there is a position where you have pastor, and now I need a worship pastor and a student pastor. Wow. Can't, can't afford both because okay. of the budget. So Makes we're sense. Bringing them together. Makes sense. Totally. And who better to lead worship than the student pastor? Right. Who better to lead students than the worship? Okay. Leader? Fun fact here. This is an interesting fact. Can't, literally, literally, Kenny and I were just talking about this the other day. My first church, Emmanuel Baptist Church, when I got there, uh, the woman who was leading worship, which was really just a part time lady, and Again, 65 people, South Louisiana, small church. They took a chance on a, on a guy who was, you know, two or three years former removed. Former drug addict. Former drug addict. They're about to close the door. So they're like, let's give this guy a try. <laughs> what else? So I come in. nothing to lose. Nothing to lose, right? <laughs> so I'm there literally in, in two weeks. And I really, it doesn't take me long to realize that the lady leading worship is actually preparing for the week's worship songs during the Sunday school hour on Sunday oh, morning. Okay. So she's, listen, I walk into the worship, you know, the, the worship center and I'm like, uh, what's going on here? And she's like, oh, I'm just rehearsing. I'm like, well, what are we going to sing? She said, I don't know. I'll let you know in a little while. 
I'm gonna say, it's like me getting up to preach. Like, what am I preaching in a minute? I don't know. Okay. So I had to uh, uh, nicely let her go. Okay. So we yeah. had to move on. Well, I didn't think that's far whole, enough. By ahead. the way, it's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. But I had to let her go nicely. Okay. Yes. But I didn't think for, for, far enough ahead. And so now I realize I don't have a worship leader. Oh, I don't boy. have anybody leading worship now. So guess what happens? This is true, true now. For about two months, guess who led worship? I think I know the answer, so I'm I'm, I'm going to guess you. <laughs> that was me. It was me. Now you know me. I can't sing at all, okay? But I could play guitar, so I'd say open, and, and then I'd play guitar, and then hopefully the congregation would kick in. You know? Sing it with me now, and then you back away from the mic. I've been there I want before. To. It, you know, if there's something really high, you know, vocally, that's when you say, "Y'all sing it." To see, yeah, y'all come on, join to see you. <laughs> Okay, we digress. <laughs> Back to the megachurch. This is not where we start. Okay, yeah. I have no idea what we're talking about. I don't know either, but here's the deal. The megachurch. Let me say a couple of things about this before we dive in. Number one is this. Every single person listening to this fights this personal spiritual battle of trying to combat business metrics as a validation for spiritual success. Okay? Right. And what I mean is we all have to repent daily for trying to make it about us and trying to grow things for the sake of people to honor us and to look at us. And, and I say that, you know, from, from my own experience right. as well, but here's what I would say. The, 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 the joy of ministry is not the destination of arriving at a certain size church. If that's what we reduce our ministry to, mm -hmm. then we miss the journey getting there. Okay. Yeah. The mega church model was never uh, a goal in the New Testament, like like Jesus never told the disciples, "Go therefore and build a mega church." Right? <laughs> you know, go therefore and that build. Be very different for that culture. Very different. <laughs> but, Nothing but, against a mega church. No, no, but that no, wasn't the goal. Now let's say this, just as, as kind of a caveat here. I pastor a mega church. You know, we're a part of a mega church. I'm right. not against the mega church model at right. all. I mean, golly, we praise God for what God has do has done here at Long Hollow and continues to do here. And there are a lot of benefits to having more resources and more people right. and more opportunities. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Right. What I'm saying is that shouldn't be our goal. And yeah. here's the reason it shouldn't be the goal, Chris. Listen, how often or how many times does the mega church goal Work or how many times does the mega church goal get realized as a goal for a minister? Okay, pretty small percentage. Okay, let, let me ask you this way: How many churches in America are mega churches? What percentage? Ooh. Let's think about that. Uh, I don't know the percentage, but I did see a tweet the other day that okay. said all of the mega church pastors in the SBC could fit on one airplane. I did see that. Isn't that pretty crazy? I did see that. <laughs> All the megachurch pastors could fit in one airplane, and here's what's interesting. Every other pastor could fit in the Dallas Cowboys stadium. Which, I mean, you know, that's near and dear to my heart. That is near. I don't know if it's Dallas Cowboys, but <laughs> well, I said that for you. What you're asking is how many megachurches are in America? I don't know. What is the answer? You ready for this? The number of megachurches, the percent of megachurches in America is 1%. Wow. Okay, now think about this. If that's the goal, and, and I really want to encourage those listening, because there's a lot of people in here thinking, I don't, I'm not validated in ministry unless I achieve a certain size church or unless yeah. I get to the, I want to encourage you to be faithful where you're planted. Here's mm -hmm. why. The goal is not to pastor or, or just build a mega church for the sake of being a mega church. If that was the case, yeah. it only works 1% of the time. 
Right. So what we're saying to every seminary student, every bivocational pastor, every uh, young uh, pastor in ministry, 99% of you graduating from seminary, you know, this is the address you can give at seminary graduation. Yeah. 99% of you are going to fail. Hmm. If the model is the megachurch, yeah. that's in essence what we're saying. 99% are you going to fail. 1% out of 100, 1 out of 100 are going to succeed. So yeah. that can't be the model. Hmm. Now, here's the problem, though. Let, let, me get, let me give you kind of the backstory. The problem is if the goal is only to build a megachurch, and if that's the goal in the end, hmm. what happens is we will do anything to justify the means. Yeah. Okay? Manipulation to get people say all, all, all on the table. Yeah. Uh, you know, tactics to get people in the door, uh, water down the gospel. We'll do that all day long. Yeah. Make the invitation easy. Let, let's let's reduce to the bare minimum of what people can engage in to be a Christian. Hmm. Say, aha, at the right place, we pat you on the back. Let's count you, send your numbers to the convention. Let's baptize you, pat you on the back. We may never see you again, but that's the goal, to hmm. just grow this church. And what happens is, if that's the goal, numbers, attendance, right? What happens is we begin to cut corners. I know in my own life, because the the means will justify the end. Meaning, yeah. what I mean by that is, if the end goal is to grow a mega church, mm. and what we mean a mega church is over two thousand right. in weekly attendance. That's how they're defined, right? Yeah, you know, two thousand weekly attendance. Then the means will be justified any way possible. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest challenge is, again, we look at our culture and we think of success as bigger more finances, more people, more decisions, that's how we gauge success. Yeah. And so if you're at a church of 200 who's not seeing a ton of decisions, you don't have a giant uh, pool of resources to do X, and your name isn't out there in social media, and you're not kind of the thought leader, then mm. you're, you're failing. Yeah. And it's just such a, it's the opposite of what the Bible teaches us. Yeah. <laughs> and yet we uh, we continue to kind of put that out there as, hey, this is this is where we're going to go. This is the gold standard, being this guy at this church at this level. Yeah, because here's the reality what happens. for There was a time, just full disclosure, when I was a new Christian and, and just starting out of the ministry, and I thought, man, I want to, I want to preach to thousands. I'd love to pastor a big church. This is what I, I was thinking. Now, that that thought uh, was really destroyed in a sense and, and was not perpetuated in my own life because my disciple maker was David Platt, who is the is the yeah. antithesis of that yeah. all things megachurch, right? right? Even so, though he is also the pastor of a megachurch. And that's the irony of this whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll talk about that another. But that's what's funny is the guys. Hey, here's what I realized a long time ago. Don't forget this. Don't, don't miss this. If you won't do a job without a title, yeah. then you're never going to do a job with a title. Mm. Okay? That's true. I, I want you to think that's about good. that. If you're listening and you're saying, man, if I could just become this job, or if I could yeah. just get this title, make me senior pastor, executive pastor. Right. And then when I do that, then I'll start working. Right. See, what we do at Long Hollow is then you'll see how. Good yeah, I we know. don't we don't give you job opportunities with the hope and anticipation that you're going to go on and do great things. Yeah, we see people already doing things for God. Yeah, and we just affirm what's already happening in their life. And so the the idea is, if you won't do a job without a title, yeah, you'll never do one with a title. 
Let's talk more about that in a moment. But first, we need to take a break and talk about our sponsor. We're excited about this month. We are talking about Ministry Grid. You know, training your volunteers and leaders is important, but do you ever feel like you don't know where to start? That's why LifeWay Leadership developed Ministry Grid. With Ministry Grid's library of over 3,000 training videos, the work has been done for you, and you'll be able to train everyone in your church. And this is training you can trust. Each Ministry Grid video features an experienced ministry leader who has been where you are right now. You can also customize any training by adding videos, PDFs, YouTube videos, and more. And now Ministry Grid has one plan with one price that gives you unlimited access to train your entire church. Just go to ministrygrid.com to learn more. Once again, that is ministrygrid.com. So we're back talking about the allure of the mega church, and and really it's not even the allure of the mega church, the allure of the church bigger than mine. <laughs> you yeah, know, it might be a better yeah. way to say that. And being faithful where you're planted. One of the things that I have read before is that Mondays are the days pastors consider quitting. Mm. Mondays are the days they go to churchstaffing.com. Vanderblumen.com. Mm. And they start looking around for those other opportunities yeah. that God may be calling them to because, man, I just had Sunday. And frankly, it was a <laughs> challenge, right? And so I think that plays out of or comes out of the mindset of the grass is greener on the other side. And this is not unique to the church, you know, man. Tim LaFleur told me that. Do you remember this? Yeah. I think I shared this with you. When I was leaving Emmanuel to go to Brainerd, now he yeah. knew nothing about Brainerd, but yeah. Tim LaFleur, mentor, friend, uh, was the voice of reason, right? He told me two things about praying about leaving the place I was to go to another place. And Tim's always right. about being faithful where you planted. Tim says, number one, I love this line, that which glitters is not always gold. That's good. That's <laughs> that which like glitters that. Like But that. here's the second line, and as Tim only only Tim could say it, the only reason the grass is greener on the other side is because it's filled with poop. <laughs> There's more fertilizer. Now, I don't know there. any better way to say that, but it's been fertilized. <laughs> hey, that's Cajun. That's Cajun, that's a Cajun slang down there. Yeah. Well, and that's what that's the question I want to ask you. So we talk about this, and every I think most people listening would agree with what we've said. Mm. But now let's talk about practical application. You've been offered a position. You were at a small church of 60 something, Mm -hmm. grew that church to 200 something plus. God is clearly doing amazing things there. Yeah. And then a church called, not a mega church, but a a close to a mega church. And then eventually became a mega church. Um, You prayed through it. Tim counseled you, as we mentioned, you decided to go to Brainerd. And while you were at Brainerd, I know you were offered positions to go to bigger churches. Yeah. Why didn't you? I mean, ultimately, at some point you did. You're at Long Hollow, so that eventually happened. But for many years, you were Brainerd and happily doing what God called you to do. Why would you have said no? Why did you say no? You don't have to mention the churches, but just talk through that process because that is... That is where a lot of guys are at. Regardless of size of church, why would I continue yeah. where I'm at if bigger and better is calling? Yeah. Okay. So here, here's something to think about. And and again, I've learned this through the process of just counseling with guys way smarter than me and longer in ministry than me. You should never be ready to go unless you're willing to stay. Hmm. Okay. So what, what I mean is you don't want to be leaving a place because you're, you're, you're trying to run from problems or issues at a certain place, thinking that if I go here, yeah. it will be better and greater and, 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 and more beneficial to me in, in the ministry. But, yes. but you got to be willing to stay. And I think for me personally, the reason, and I've pastored three churches mm-hmm. over the past 15 years. And one of the things I've realized, okay, what was it that, that, that led me from, uh, 
from Emmanuel to Brainerd. Okay, how did I know this? Okay, yeah. here's what I did. I did I did four things. Number one is I sought the Lord through prayer and fasting. Spent a week in prayer and fasting, really seeking God. Number one. Number two is I asked some tough questions to really evaluate and investigate the state of my own soul. Okay, mm. why do I want to go here? What what is it about this position that mm. is drawing? Is it because I want to quote unquote make a name for myself? Yeah, because that's a dangerous place to be. Do I want to you know increase my influence or my platform? Mm. That's a dangerous place to be. Uh, the third thing I did, Chris, was I sought out the counsel of godly men in my life. Okay, mm. now we all need, and we've said this before uh, in our podcast. You need th- everybody needs three relationships in their life. You need a Paul, a mentor. Mm. You need a Barnabas, someone who's going to encourage you, kind of a friend, and right. and, and going to sharpen you. And you need a Timothy, somebody you're investing in. Okay, yeah. so I had a couple Pauls in my life, and I just called those guys, and they helped me. The fourth thing I did was. I just decided to take a step forward in faith. So many Christians, I find, in the church are paralyzed in prayer. And what Mm -hmm. I mean is this. How many people say, hey, man, would you consider going on a mission trip with us overseas? Hey, let me pray about it, Chris. I'll get back with you. (laughs) And then you talk to them next week. Still praying. And still praying. Here's the thing about uh, uh, I try to live like you in constant communion with the Lord. Okay? If my life is a refrigerator... It's always plugged into the socket. Yes, which is smart. Which is smart <laughs> if you have a refrigerator, work, right? Okay, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's the best thing, but the reality is, I don't have to reconnect to the source because I'm all always right. connected. So yes, do I want to pray a little bit longer about bigger decisions? Yes, but I'm always in communion with God. I don't need a month to pray about something. With all due respect to those listening, I can normally sense the leading of the Lord. Yeah. And here's what I realize: sometimes the greatest thing you can do is just take a step out the boat and trust the Lord. We serve a big God that if he doesn't want me to go in a particular direction, you've been here before, Mm -hmm. he will shut doors. The same God who is bold enough and strong enough to open a door is also able to close a door. Right. Now, it's up to us to not push the door open. That's true. But that's what happened when I went to to, uh, Brainerd. And then when I came to Long Hollow, again... The last thing I wanted to do, if you were to ask me, and, mm-hmm. and again, I had churches calling me. Yeah. See what happens in, in, in the church world, which is interesting. When a church is looking for a pastor, mm-hmm. the way you get a new pastor is you find a church that's growing and reaching people and you, quote unquote, steal or take, steal's probably the best word. <laughs> steal is a pretty strong word. Yeah, that's a strong word. <laughs> take their pastor, right? You take their pastor because right. you say, if you're doing this here, can you do this here with us? Um, but what happened was we didn't want to leave. And I think that's what made coming to Long Hollow in our yeah. own personal sanctification and the work of God in our own life. I think that was a healthy move for us. And, and remember, at Brainerd Baptist, we were seeing discipleship unlike, you know, in the church, unlike any church I've ever been a part of. Yeah. I mean, we had at one point, Chris, more people in discipleship groups than we had in life groups. Hmm. Think about that. Now, is that, a, is that a conundrum? Yeah, it's kind of a conundrum. But the reality was discipleship was the heartbeat of our church. And to leave that, to go to a place where we didn't know if people would accept it, much less embrace it, yeah, uh, was a risk that, in hindsight, we were willing to take. So one of the takeaways here that, that I'm hearing you say is, obviously, you have to listen to the leading of the Father in your life. 
<laughs> where where crisis which I, everyone uh, you know i think sometimes we can say okay christ is leading me but this is really what i want to do and sometimes i believe you know what if it's if it's within the spectrum of god's will you know there there's nothing that's uh you're looking at it and say okay god god could be blessing this he could be blessing that then i think we have a lot of freedom within his will to follow and, and obey his call yeah. but leading a church is a challenge and no matter where you're at you're going to get to the new place and have those same challenges maybe on a different scale yeah. but that day one you know it's going to be like okay we've got we're excited but you still got the challenges we're still working with people which is what <laughs> what ultimately well, is going to make it hard yeah and let me just say two things before we close number one is this you have to be as certain of your call to your church mm. as you are to your call of your call in ministry Okay. What, yeah. what I mean by that is you need to know that God has called you to this church with, with the same uh, confirmation as you were called to ministry. Why? Because on Mondays, like you said, there are going to be times you want to quit. Right. And if you're not confirmed, if you just took it because it seemed like a great business opportunity and, and the money was right to fit into your schedule and it was a great place to live. A few weeks in, you're going to be. Listen, I heard a guy. Ground. This is true. I'm not making this up. I had a guy who left the church that I was pastoring who said to one of my staff members as he was leaving, ministries everywhere go where the money is. I'm, I'm not making this up, Dylan. I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. He said, "Many ministries everywhere go where the money is." Now, you ready for this? I spoke to this guy recently. Give you a question, give, uh, pop quiz: Is this guy joyful and fulfilled and satisfied in ministry now, or is he miserable, negative, and always looking for another yeah, opportunity? I, I feel like it's a very easy test. That's I'm an a, easy I'm test. Pick okay. Option B. Okay, that's first. So the first. <laughs> okay, that's first thing. The second thing is this. You need to realize that the, the, the goal and, and, and satisfaction and fulfillment you're looking for in ministry is not getting to a number mm. numerically, but it's investing in a group of people through shepherding. Like mm. that's, that's what God's called us that's to be. That's where you're going to find your fulfillment as a minister, not in achieving all these numerical goals. Yeah. He hasn't called us to be managers of spreadsheets. He's called us to be shepherds of people, hmm. okay? And so here's the thing. I heard this years ago by a Scottish preacher. His last name is Brown, I'm pretty sure. And uh, he was speaking to a bunch of young seminarians coming out of seminary, going into the ministry. Hmm. And he said, many of you are going to be tempted to want to grow a big church for the sake of growing a big church. And here's what he said. You need to be faithful with the few that God has given you. Why? Because on the day when you're going to give an account for all the people God has entrusted you to mm -hmm. shepherd, you're going to realize on that day you have had enough. Wow. Well, we're going to wrap up this podcast and this topic right there. There's a great place to end it. But I want to remind you guys about the Established Church podcast with Sam Rayner, Micah Freeze, and Josh King. Have you yes. listened to it recently? Yes, we know those guys. As part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network family, they've covered topic topics. Topics, not topics. <laughs> like uh, pastor approachability. Um, Christian celebrity. Mm. That's, I want to go listen to that one right now. Yeah. As if I haven't already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I want you to check out the Established Church nice. podcast if you get a chance. We love those guys, and all that they're doing is going to help you. If you if you pastor a church 10 years or older, that is an Established Church, and you can get some great help from these guys and the podcast. Check it out when you get a chance. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.